What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Blazers. I'm your host, Mike Richman, past first point guard, friendly neighborhood basketball nerd. Blazers beat the Celtics tonight. I want to talk about that. Mo Harkless had a monster game. I also want to talk about an interesting Jake Lehman stat and the Blazers' next big game on this endless road trip when they head to Canada on Friday to face the Toronto Raptors. Let's start in Boston, where the Blazers beat the Celtics 97-92 tonight, Wednesday evening. Uh, This was the best game of the year for Mo Harkless. No way around it. He was... 8 of 13 from the floor. He just did it. He was everywhere. You know, he just, his energy and, and everything was infectious. It's it, Before I get to the stats, just, you could just tell early on the way he was, uh, way he was rebounding. He had an early steal in the game. It just, he was active. Um, and there are so many games or have been so many games this year when Harkless has some kind of anonymous games, some games where you don't notice him. And that's probably his, his most damning trait is that he has too many games and you don't notice him, but you notice him tonight early and often. And uh, certainly down the stretch when the Blazers need to pull the game out, he was a factor there too. He played a season high 37 minutes, finished with 17 points, 10 rebounds, three steals, eight of 13 from the floor. He missed all three of his three point shots. He, he still hasn't been able to find that shot. Uh, the, uh, the sort of magic half a million dollars that got him to shoot 35%. The last two seasons has drifted. Uh, but he was really, really good. Uh, and, and, and this game was, uh, it was nice to to see, you know, he's, he, uh, he's obviously much maligned by a certain, uh, section of the, the press and the, the fan base. Um, so it was nice to see Mo get right. Uh, but he wasn't the only one who had a big game. Damian Lillard, 33 points, seven rebounds, four assists. Uh, I think Dame had 21 in the second half. He was really, really good down the stretch. He just kept getting to the rim. Um, he was 3-for-10 from 3, but he he won this game by just beating Kyrie Irving off the dribble or beating Marcus Smart or getting a switch with Jason Tatum and attacking, uh, getting to the rim and getting a quick little underhand scoops up before Al Horford could get over, or before Marcus uh, Morris could get over. He was he was uh, as dynamic as you'll see him. This was another game where the, the Blazers bench struggled a little bit. Starters were really good. Um, and I thought Yusuf Nurkic, who, um, was kind of rushing things. I felt like a little bit early on, he had some flip shots that didn't go in in the first half, just kind of, uh, forgot that he's seven foot, 280 pounds. Uh, he played really big down the stretch. He was fantastic on defense in the fourth quarter when Boston made their push. Uh, it was kind of an ugly game early on. I thought, uh, this, Blazers didn't didn't quite crack the 50-point mark in the first half, and yet they still had a one-point lead. Uh, but both teams kind of found their rhythm a little bit more. Certainly the Blazers did in that third quarter. Um, got a little bit of edge, you know, went into the fourth quarter with a comfortable lead. As we know, that has sort of been their MO if they, uh, they've only lost once this year when, uh, when leading after three quarters. The other... 37 times they've come out with victory. They did it here tonight. Uh, the Celtics got close, though. Don't get it twisted. Celtics uh, made this a game, maybe more of a game uh, than you thought it might be down the stretch. With about 40 seconds left, Marcus Smart, um, who is a 
Lockdown Blazers loves Marcus Smart. I'll just I'll, I'll I'll tell you right now. He's he's bizarre. He's better at like guarding centers in the post than he is at shooting. Uh, he he's a little guy who plays like a big guy. Uh, he does sort of the cliche thing. He does a lot of winning things. Um, but on this beautiful Wednesday night, he did a losing thing. He uh, he kind of rushed a three with forty seconds left. Uh, in a game that he absolutely, in a shot, he just he just didn't need to do it. It it was it it was a little bit earlier in the clock. There was time left in the shot clock, um, and uh, he just clanged one. And the Blazers got the rebound and went the other way and scored. It was a huge bucket. It was a uh, um, forty five seconds left. Marcus Smart, uh, you know, forced one there down five. Blazers go the other way. Damian Lillard gets a fast break layup. It's now a seven-point game with 36 seconds left. And yet somehow, of course, because Marcus Smart is who he is, uh, he got himself back into a position to make this uh, maybe a closer game than than uh, than it could have been in other circumstances. He got an offensive rebound, got fouled, hit the first, softly missed the second one. Uh, I don't think it was an intentional miss, but it was a soft miss. And those are, those are, it's a good way to miss a free throw. Al Horford grabbed the rebound. Kyrie Irving switched a wide open three. All of a sudden it's a three point game with 25 seconds left. And the Celtics, I don't know if they chose not to foul or they were trying to trap early, but they kind of chased Damian Lillard around um, for about 14, 15 seconds there at the end of the game. I thought that was, uh, that was a real display by Damian Lillard. He kind of got bumped a little bit. He got they were being physical and handsy with him, and he he you know got free, circled back out to midcourt, and uh, and uh, hit two, got fouled eventually with about eleven seconds left. Hit, hit two free throws to seal the game. That was a big one. Um, but but this game was more about for me was more about Harkless. Uh, prior to the game, uh, I believe it was Jason Quick. I was not in uh, Boston, but I. I did see the the pregame interview. I think he asked Terry Stotts how he felt Harkless had handled uh, the season. And Stotts was really resistant as he tends to be uh, when anyone asks about rosters or when Jason literally asks him anything. Those are his two favorite ways to be resistant. Uh, he, he said, you know, he's our starting forward and he has been forever. And I don't understand the question. He's, he's, ha- he, I don't understand what he's needed to handle. Um, and I think that kind of belied the, the sort of obvious narrative that, that Stotts knows is happening, which is that people have been critical of, of Harkless all year. Uh, obviously, he's dealt with that knee injury, and it took him sort of a while to be able to play consistently. He got shut down two separate times uh, in November, December, just, just as he dealt with that injury. And then, uh, obviously, Jake Lehman's breakout and the addition of Rodney Hood has caused continued questions um, from the fan base and, again, members of the press. Um also have been sort of banging on the get Mo Harkless out of their drum as loud as they possibly can. And I, I, I think this game was a testament to sort of how good Harkless has been. And uh, just to give you an idea of what that looks like, since in four games since the All-Star break, uh, Blazers are 4-0, and as you may recall. They're also riding a season-high five-game winning streak, if you remember their win over the Golden State Warriors. But Mo Harkless leads the team in plus-minus in those four games. He's plus 84 in 114 minutes on the court. Uh, some of that is aided by how gaudy his plus-minus was in that first game over the Nets. I think it was plus 32. 
But over the last three games, that still puts him at plus 52. I mean, he's just been balling. He's been so good. Um, I think plus minus is a little bit of a wonky way to judge any random single game. Um, but the idea that the Blazers have been 84 points better during their four-game winning streak when Harkless plays is a testament to how good he's been. Like I've said before, I'm legally obligated if I talk about Mo Harkless to talk about Jake Lehman. And uh, I discovered an interesting Jake Lehman stat that I want to share with you in the next segment. But before we get there, I want to encourage you, the same thing I've been encouraging you to do all week long. When you get in your car, tell your smart speaker in your motor vehicle, play podcast Locked On Blazers. This is the perfect podcast to listen on your morning commute. I, myself, have a morning commute that's about 25 minutes long. Lucky for me, there are Locked On podcasts about every team in the NBA that are about 25 minutes long. I can get caught up on whatever team and whatever uh, games I'd like to in that short commute. I encourage you to do the same. Hop in your car, tell your smart speaker, play Locked On Blazers, improve your day, improve your ride. All right, like I said, that Jake Lehman stat, let me share that with you. Jake Lehman hasn't scored in double figures since the All-Star break. Uh, Is that meaningful? Probably not. It's probably not. I'll just, I'll admit it. It is probably not. Uh, as long as we're doing the plus minus thing, uh, Mo Arkless, that plus 84, Jake Lehman, a negative 29 and 80 minutes since the all-star break. Second worst on the team behind Seth Curry. The whole Blazers bench has struggled. Uh, but I think there's a reason for that. I think if you sort of have been watching Lehman play over the last month, uh, or at least since Jan, since, January, he kind of fell out of the rotation at the end of December and he made, he, he sort of reemerged after he got benched on January 1st against the Kings and he reemerged. He's, since January 4th, Jake Lehman, uh, heading into the All-Star break, had been averaging 12 and a half points and shooting 57% from the field, 39% from three. He just was really good. I mean, this was, he had been a, a, a really key part of the sort of that, uh, the Blazers pushed to be top half of the West over there over the last month in those 19 games, uh, five of which he snuck into the starting lineup, but he, he was really good. And, and, and since the all-star break, he just, he, he hasn't quite been there. He's, his, he's down to six and a half points a game. Uh, his field goal percentage isn't bad shooting 50% from the field, but you can just watch him. He isn't, he hasn't been the same, um, sort of the activity, the, the dunks, the, 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 Layman scores in spurts a lot of times. He gets rolling. He's he's a guy who, who gets hot. Um, but I, I think there's an obvious reason. Like I said, I think there's um, the stat I've been teasing. I think there's an obvious reason that he's struggling, and I think it has to do with Evan Turner. Uh, when when Turner is on the court since January 1st, and, and I, I want to use that date because Layman wasn't sort of this Layman until January. He had some flashes, but he was kind of a nondescript starter for the first 20 games of the season. Uh, he's really taken off since that date. So uh, with Evan Turner on the court since January 1st, Jake Layman is shooting better from the field. 59% compared to 53. Way better from three-point line. 44% to 33%. He's getting to the free throw line more. And he's just he's just generally been better. If you're into advanced stats, his effective field goal percentage and his true shooting percentage are way better when he shares the court with uh, 
with Turner. And it's it's just sort of the obvious stuff when uh, he's not on the court with corner. That's with Turner. That second unit is uh, quarterbacked, or the the point guard of the second unit is some combination of Damian Lillard, who is a score first type of guy, despite his um, ability to pass. His instincts are to score. Seth Curry, who is just dying to finally get shots whenever he's on the court because um, he is constantly ignored. Just watch Seth Curry wave his hands in the corner. He is So if he gets that ball, it's going up. Or CJ McCollum, again, a, a two-guard playing playing point guard. It's um, And they've let Rodney Hood initiate a little bit. But uh, Jake has some ability to beat guys off the bounce, but he is not a sort of run a pick-and-roll, navigate, snake back, get a guy in his hip, score in the lane type of guy. He's a, he's a, he's a one cut runner, uh, to use an NFL way. He's, you know, NFL term. He, he'll pump fake. He'll, he'll use his quickness to get by somebody and he'll use his athleticism to get to the rim. And he's a really good finisher at the rim. And he's a really good catch and shoot shooter. He's just, he's fantastic. But without Evan Turner, he's struggled. Um, and Turner's only played eight minutes since the all-star break. He missed his third straight game against, uh, against the Celtics and, Yet again, Jake Lehman struggled. Uh, I I don't think this is a huge deal. I think Turner will be back. I again, I'm not with the team, so I don't, I can't give you a really good read on it. But I, uh, the way the Blazers have sort of listed that injury, it doesn't seem like something. It doesn't seem like Turner is is out for a long time. But obviously, the knee issue is bothering him enough that he's missed several games. Um, but I think it's worth noting that uh, without a true point guard, without a true facilitator, and someone like Evan Turner who lives to throw lob passes and make highlight assists, Jake Lehman has struggled a little bit. Uh, luckily for the Blazers, Harkless and Aminu have been really good on this uh, on this trip. Uh, Rodney Hood was very bad tonight against the Celtics. Uh, whole Blazers bench was. But yeah, I think I think Lehman needs ET back. The numbers back that up. The eye test back that up. Uh, He'll be happy when his pal gets gets back going. Uh, in the third segment, I want to talk about the next game coming up. The Blazers are going to be missing a big part of that bench. Uh, and it might mean that some guys we haven't seen in a while get a chance to play against one of the best teams in the NBA. All right, welcome back. Still Mike Richmond, still locked on Blazers. Blazers are 4-0 on this road trip. Season high five straight wins. They're fourteen and fifteen now on the season on the road, and they get a really really tough test after beating uh, a Celtics team that, if you will remember, if you listen to the previous podcast, I said it was a bad time to play the Celtics. I thought this was a classic get right game for the Celtics. Instead, instead the Blazers, uh, you know, limited them to ninety two points and we kind of beat up on them, but. This was a quality win even if the Celtics are struggling and even if I was wrong about it being a, wrong, a bad time to play them. But the Raptors, who are 45 and 17, second place in the West, two and a half games out of first behind Milwaukee, they're, this is a really good team. Um, this is, this is, this will be another really good, a really good test. Uh, the Raptors have had sort of all types of, uh, of injury or maintenance issues with uh, not having Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry play a ton of games together this year, either because one of them is hurt or because the Raptors have been incredibly cautious with Leonard and let him sit out back-to-backs and let him just sit out other random games because they're good enough that they don't need him. But with this starting lineup of 
Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, who has turned into a really, really good player, and Serge Ibaka. They're 18 and 7. I mean, they're, they're, that's a 720 win percentage. They're, they've just been, <laughs> I mean, they've just been really good. This is, it's who they are. Um, what makes them so good, though, is not just, I mean, obviously they can lock, lock teams up. You know, Kawhi, Kawhi and, uh, and Kyle, they'll, they'll pressure people on the perimeter. Danny Green is no slouch defensively, one of the best transition defenders in the NBA. Ibaka, who kind of looked like he was fading a little bit at times last year, still got length and still is a decent shot blocker. Siakam is a sort of do-everything hustle guy on defense. Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons why they're a top 10 D in the league. They're also a top 10 offense. Uh, they just, they'll, they will, they will punish teams. Um, they, they're just coming off a win, uh, over these same Celtics, the Blazers played tonight and they thrashed them. This was, it was an absolute beat down. Uh, my keys for this game is that I don't think the Blazers have a ton of guys who can guard, uh, Siakam or, uh, or Leonard. Uh, I just don't think they have enough wings and enough and enough sort of the right size dudes to guard them. This has to be a good game from Alfred Camino and he's got to stay out of foul trouble. If he's in foul trouble, if Harkless is in foul trouble, or if, or if those guys are struggling a little bit, I think this is a really tough place to win. Um, obviously the Blazers uh, would like to uh, and go to 5-0, but if you're going to lose a game on this road trip, I don't, I don't think this is a, is a pretty problematic one. But the real news isn't sort of who I think the key matchups are and, 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 and my brilliant insight that stopping the Raptors' two best players is going to be really the key to, to everything. I think the interesting, the, the big story of this game is that Ennis Cantor, uh, who is sort of a man without a country, he is, he's unable to travel to Canada due to... Uh, visa and passport issues. He told reporters in Boston tonight that he thinks he'll become a U.S. citizen by 2021, which means that he will not go to Canada on Friday because that's still two years away. He will spend uh, the night in Boston as as the team leaves, and he will meet up with them when they return to Charlotte on, return to the U.S. and Charlotte on Sunday to play the Hornets. But um, that means we, we could see a variety of players sort of uh, resurface for uh, for the Blazers. Uh, we, we saw a, a very brief cameo of Zach Collins against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but this could be a game depending on what types of lineups the, uh, the Raptors roll out with. Um, they don't always go super big. Uh, you know, they tend to go smaller in general. But um, it could be a game where we get to see a little bit of Myers Leonard. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's an only Zach Collins game, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if no Cantor and no ET means we get a little bit of both Blazers backup bigs. And I think this is important because this is the type of thing that could happen to either Leonard or Collins uh, in the playoffs if matchups should dictate that they need a, you know, a stretchier true five like Leonard or a switchier, better defensive big like Collins. Um, and I think both of these guys are professionals uh, in the sort of, and by that, I mean like these 
if you're worried about them not being ready. I think they'll both stay in shape. I know Myers Leonard after home games when he wasn't playing earlier um, prior to the break. Uh, he was get he would go lift weights and do sprints just to do cardio after the game, just to make sure he got his cardio in, you know, um, they're still going to show up at the arena early and, and get their work in and do those type of things that you do. Um, you know, Collins has in his year and a half in the NBA, his experience year and three quarters in the NBA has experienced what it's like to sit and watch, you know, he sat and watched, he sat and watched a lot early on in his career. So he knows what it's like to be prepared, but I'm not, so I'm not, I'm not super concerned about, you know, being in shape or that type of thing. It's just rust. It's whether you can sit and watch for a week and then come and play uh, big time basketball and still be sharp, particularly a guy like Leonard, who's a shooter, shooter, shooters generally, you think of them as needing rhythm um, for Collins. You know, he's just, it's been uh, a real battle with him to stay out of foul trouble. Can, uh, can he sort of get back and you can't simulate that game speed. And when he steps, if he has to step on the court and play big minutes, can he stay out of foul trouble? Uh, you know, even as after he hasn't played for a long time. So I, I think that'll be interesting. Um, how the Blazers play without Cantor, uh, you know, he, he's helped them sort of have an identity as, as staying really big and still being able to bruise teams and punish teams. But it's not like the Blazers are unfamiliar what it's like to play, uh, play with those two other guys. I mean, they've done it a bunch. Uh, part of the sort of value of the deals they made at the deadlines, they didn't lose anybody from the rotation. You know, they, they, they basically turned Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin into Rodney Hood and Ennis Cantor. I mean, that's, it's, they didn't lose a whole bunch. Uh, I think one fun thing to watch, um, if uh, for my Oregon folks out there, is that uh, since Jonas Valanciunas got traded, we will get to see the sort of what Marcus Gasol looks like and uh, in, a, in a Raptors uniform. And you might get to see a little bit of Chris Boucher, former Oregon Duck. Uh, but uh, the sort of... Uh, there's no Fred Van Vliet either for the for the Raptors, so we're going to get to see uh, Jeremy Lin, and we might get to see a little bit of Patrick McCaw or Jody Meeks as they make up for those spots on the wing. But uh, that second big man with 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 Gasol um, back there makes it for a curious case. I think this could be a could be a Myers Leonard night. Certainly could be a Myers Leonard night in Toronto. Uh, that's a big game, and then the Blazers are going to play again on Sunday. Uh, I will certainly be tuning into both of those and I will talk to you if most likely Monday morning with a recap of those games and any exciting stuff that happens happens over the weekend. I appreciate everybody listening. You, as always, you can hit me up at Mike G rich on Twitter. And uh, if you would be so kind, hook me up with that five-star review on iTunes. Um, if you're not an iTunes person, this podcast is also available pretty much everywhere else. Stitcher, Google play, uh, Spotify, it's uh check us out tell your friends come back listen again soon appreciate you guys peace